0: It takes more than great UML diagrams to be a great software engineer. This is episode 79 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance.
1: I'm your host, Dave Smith.
0: Are UML (laughs) diagrams a joke to you, Dave? Do you you not understand how serious this is?
1: No, sir. They're not a joke.
0: (laughs) You put a triangle where you should have put a diamond and people died. (laughs) Oh my gosh
1: oh uml Mm.
0: i'm pretty sure i read that book and then promptly forgot all of it and now my diagrams are they're boxes with lines and that's sometimes they have lines in the boxes too
1: but no diamonds or arrows
0: no no oh boy It's like abstract UML.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like an impressionist UML.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of the boxes are made up of tiny little boxes. (laughs) Look, when you
1: master the art form, you you are then entitled to break the rules.
0: Yeah, that's true. You can play with it a little bit once you have mastered it, like I clearly have. (laughs) (laughs) This show is an advice show for software developers and other technical people about non-technical things as you can clearly tell from the intro. (laughs) And we have a question. Do you want to take it away, Dave?
1: Yeah, this comes from a listener named Jameson. (laughs) Jameson, is this you? (laughs)
0: Uh, It depends on whether it makes me look good or bad. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll let you judge that after I read the question. Okay. It says, Every team I've ever been on fails horribly at delivering the story points they commit to for each sprint. This feels really bad. How do we fix this?
0: Uh, that's got to be old slacker Jameson, oh, not yeah. me.
1: Not the one that you might want to hire. <laughs> no,
0: no, that's all that's layabout Jameson. Everybody knows he just spends his time down at the dump drinking moonshine and not hitting his story points. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, so this, that is me.
1: This is the first time that we've openly asked ourselves a question.
0: Yeah, I would like to apologize to all the listeners whose questions we are not answering in order to answer my own question, but Dave and I just got started talking about this, mm-hmm. and and I really wanted to talk more about it on the air, because I feel like, while bad, it is not uncommon.
1: <laughs> hmm, yes.
0: Or maybe, I don't even know if while bad is the right thing to say here. It's definitely not uncommon, though.
1: Well, the part where you feel bad is bad.
0: Yeah, that is bad. Um... I remember one, one, oh, go ahead. I was
1: going to say, but you could fix the feel bad part by just changing your expectations a little bit and say, when we fail to meet our commitments for the sprint, that's when we should feel good.
0: (laughs) Problem solved. I thought you would say by just not caring about not meeting your commitments for the sprint.
1: Oh, that's old junkyard Jameson talking.
0: If you said that, I would say, that's what I did. (laughs) Yeah, I responded with nihilism, where story points, it's like, did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know how he says, like, welcome to Whose Line Is It Anyway, where the points don't matter and everything's made up or something like that? Yes, You are the
1: second person to quote that line to me this week. About story points? Uh, Yes, it literally was about story (laughs) points. I was in like a sprint planning meeting a couple days ago and someone said that on my team.
0: That's been in my head for years, and I'm sure I'm not the only well I know I'm not the only person there's at least one other person I'm sure there's many there are many more people though yeah, who but feel it just, that way.
1: The crazy thing is the timing it just popped out for you and this other guy in the same week.
0: maybe I am this other man also
1: oh well, I didn't know you do look alike i <laughs> 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 okay, anyway, sorry, you were saying points don't matter
0: yeah well i I guess there are a lot of ways you could deal with this. One one way is to try and get better at estimation. And another way is to say, this is clearly a hoop we just jumped through that doesn't mean anything. And I'm just going to not care as much. Hmm. Uh, and I've tried both ways. And <laughs> the end result is the same
1: <laughs> so far. Meaning you still don't deliver on your commitments, whether you care or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still
0: feel bad. Either I feel bad about checking out of this meeting every week or I feel Mm. bad about failing to get better at estimation.
1: So if feeling bad is a given, what can you do to mitigate (laughs) the rest of your broken life? (laughs) I don't know. I'm hoping you could tell me. Well, I'll I'll quote my uh, former CTO who said to me uh, that he thinks that story points are the greatest invention in software estimation of all time. Hmm.
0: He knows or believes something that i do not know or believe
1: (laughs) well did you ever have to estimate software by hour
0: uh yeah actually i did
1: and did that go better or worse or the same as story points
0: it went the same
1: which is every time you made an estimate it was off by a factor of 10 yeah it was it was way (laughs) off
0: and then we just failed
1: oh look my 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 completely wrong estimates are still off by a factor of 10 with different units
0: (laughs) yeah exactly it was and, and the 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 decision to use hours instead of story points was that basically it all comes down to time anyways so why don't we just cut out the middleman and mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it didn't make it any better.
1: Hmm. Cutting out the middleman usually works. I don't get it. That was the end man. You cut out the end. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> huh.
0: Can you can you explain why your CTO felt this, just disassociating so, estimates with time? Like that's the reason I usually hear.
1: Yeah, he basically said that something, some switch flips in a developer's mind when the developer is trying to determine how much time it would take to implement something compared to just estimating the complexity of something. And by putting a point number on the complexity, you get more accurate time Estimates when considered in aggregate. So basically he said as a team, everyone estimates their stories, they commit to a set of stories, they deliver, and then as you deliver, those story points can become a, a velocity which will predict future deliveries in aggregate for the team over time. You know, mm-hmm. any, any single data point can have high variance, either a single person or a single sprint for the whole team, but that over time the uh, velocity can serve as a useful predictor of total software delivery.
0: Yeah, that's the dream. And while you're saying that, I realize that one of the issues is that I've very rarely been on a team that will then calibrate how much they decide to do in the next sprint based on how many points they got done in the previous sprint, which is like the core of the approach. I know, <laughs> but I know, but we well, just we, you know we that. delivered
1: twenty five story points last sprint, but and the the seven sprints before that. But I'm pretty yeah, but sure we're like, going to do eighty this time.
0: But here's what we would like to get done. This work exactly. is all important, so we will do it in this sprint, right? Instead of
1: instead of however long it's actually going to take. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's a thing. I think I I could have done better on teams
1: <laughs> by being that negative person on the team who says, "Yeah, we yeah. can't do this team." Yeah, exactly. See, that's the other thing. No one wants to be that. Don't
0: believe in <laughs> yourselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're all delusional. Let's just start with that. It's kind yeah. of kind of a crappy way to open a statement.
0: <laughs> i so i have gotten better at estimation in general but not to the point where it's just like laser accurate about how long it'll take me to do something mm-hmm. i have a much better feel for how lo- for when something will just take me longer than it seems like it should take mm-hmm. but i'm still routinely off by a lot on how long it actually ends up taking me
1: yeah and when you're off it's not like oh I was 10 percent off it's more like orders of magnitude right
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I just finished a thing that took twice as long as I thought it would take. And there were a ton of unknowns. It's a new platform, new technology all around. So it makes sense it would take longer. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how much longer because I didn't know what working with these tools would be like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have Have you ever gone to your product manager or team lead and said, we need to build a small proof of concept to gain full stack familiarity with the things that we're going to be touching before we can make an accurate estimate?
0: uh yes actually yeah we we did that i would call it a medium scale proof of concept and it took it, it so it wasn't small scale it was it was entirely ui focused but the ui all worked and it took like a month or two.
1: two oh that's that's a long time for a proof of concept
0: yeah yeah the point was we would get this proof of concept we would show it to people and and it would work richly so it'd be a lot easier mm. to test with users oh, okay and and get feedback on without the overhead of building a back end to support all the all the tricky data flow issues that came into into play mm-hmm. it was kind of a waste of time honestly oh really <laughs> yeah i mean we learned the tools we were using but we kind of already knew those they weren't completely new to us in this project and we ended up just like rebuilding everything including the proof of concept stuff.
1: Oh, ouch. Okay. So it was a 1 month of investment. How many
0: engineers? Uh it was like 3
1: So th- so basically a quarter of a year in terms of salary invested for yeah. some learning. But did you get valuable user feedback?
0: Um well, yeah, we we did. I think the dream was this would result in a f- more firmly defined set of features because it, it was mm-hmm. at the very, very early stages of a product. We just had no idea what it would look like or be. And we did this instead of starting to build the real thing right away to try and nail down some stuff. And we okay. had information. Maybe it wasn't a complete failure, actually, now that I'm thinking back on it.
1: But for purposes of estimation, it wasn't that useful, is what you're no, saying. No, it
0: wasn't useful for estimation. I guess it, it was useful in that we were able to throw it away, and we would not have thrown away the real product if we had started building it right away. And we did learn a bunch of stuff from it that influenced how we built the real product.
1: Do you feel like you went down a, a safer, more long-term, viable path that you maybe wouldn't have gone down from the uh,
0: beginning? No. Okay. <laughs> Honestly. Total waste.
1: Huge waste. No, it,
0: it was a... It was a... It was, It was not a big enough win for me to say, this is amazing and I want to, Okay. this is the right way to build software. Okay. But I don't know if it was a total failure. Okay. Anyways, so back to the question, Dave, have you seen this in your software experience?
1: Yeah, I would say almost every team, almost every sprint, if the team decides to commit to a set of deliverables in a one, two or three week period, they almost all the time fall short of it. And isn't that crazy? In two or three weeks, as an industry, we can't deliver what we promise.
0: Well, think about, we talked about goals a couple weeks ago. Um, Do you ever make personal goals and then fail to achieve them? I wonder how much (laughs) of this is aspirational instead of measurement. Mm. Not commitments to get things done, but things to motivate the team or, or... the ideal version of what you would like to get done, I guess.
1: I think we do idealize it. And I think sometimes we, when we're estimating, we remember that one time that we were super productive and we cranked out a feature over the course of a day or two and it was amazing and we felt great. And then we use that same personal velocity when we're considering story points and estimates for future estimation. So it's like that one time I was able to be really focused and deliver something in two days. This feels about like that. But yeah. it turns out that that two-day thing was incredibly rare in your life, and that normally there are interruptions, there are meetings, and other things that get in the way of actually staying focused like that, so that tends to spread out to four or five days. And so yeah. we, I think I think we are aspirational in that one way, but I think you're thinking of it in a, in a slightly different way.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Have, well, have you been on a team or seen a team that has, has regularly hit their story point commitments?
1: Yeah, only one, only one team. And it was about a... Can you six- tell
0: the legend of this team?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, good, a good intro. The fabled agile team. Yeah. <laughs> Back when all the fields were green. And <laughs> before brown fields. No. <laughs> so I worked on a team at my last company for about six months. Now, I worked on it for about a year, but there was a good six-month period where we nailed our commitments every sprint. We did two-week sprints. We did story point estimation up front before each sprint, and we delivered like a hundred percent of the of the story points committed. And then after I left that team, and another lead took over, they continued that, and I think they did like thirteen or fourteen or, or more sprints in a row of meeting their their commitments a hundred percent. And there was a there was a combination of factors there that that I noticed that they did that I tried to get other teams to do. And then we had about eight or nine teams at the time, and the other teams really didn't did not meet that same standard. And I would say there were a few things that set them apart. The first one was that they were pretty realistic in their estimates, meaning they looked at past velocity when they were considering how many points to take on for the upcoming sprint. Then in their daily standup, they would ask really important questions like, are any of the stories remaining that we've committed to at risk for my sprint, for this current sprint? And if so, the team would pounce on that. Instead of just saying, hey, were you busy yesterday? Good. You were? All right. Next developer. Hey, were you busy yesterday? Good. You know, instead, they would go story mm-hmm. by story and say, is this story going to make it in this sprint? Yes or no? Is this story going to make that's it a, in this sprint? Yes or no?
0: That's a great point. I have seen, and I've, I've done and I've seen other people do just defensive sprints or defensive stand-ups where your job is to, like, justify your existence.
1: Exactly. Like, were you busy enough? to look good in stand-up.
0: I swear I worked real hard yesterday, no blockers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I've I've seen people say those words with different
1: words. Yeah, I I really dislike that kind of stand-up. To me, the the, the team's goal, whether it's a set of stories or something else, should be the thing that's reporting status, and the developers are just the mouthpiece for that thing. They represent that thing. So it's (laughs) like, and sometimes the person representing that thing is a QA team member or a product manager. Like, say the story's been coded up, and now it's in testing, the QA person should report on that story, and they should say whether it's at risk for the sprint deliverable or not. You know, and this team did a really good job of that, I felt like. And um, other teams, I, I never could really put my finger on why they weren't able to to meet that same high standard, but they didn't. Hmm. So that is the legend.
0: As as the team changed and people moved off that team to other teams, did they did they bring that ability to other teams or was it just something unique about that group of people
1: that's a good question that did because not i not
0: get diffused
1: oh i see like did it did it remain with the team or was it something about a person on that team or something yeah
0: yeah like did someone leave and then it stopped or
1: i need to follow up with them because that was uh i left that company about a year ago and um at the time they were still running cranking along they've probably had some organizational changes since then i should follow up and see
0: another question is did that team end up impacting the product or the business a lot more than other teams? See, and that's, or were that's, they just more regular? Yeah, that's, about?
1: that is the very interesting question. Because like in the end, all the teams delivered a high value for the company. But this team was consistently predictable on a sprint boundary. Yeah, and so it kind of didn't matter, like the because the other teams still delivered the value to customers that was needed, they built the stuff that was needed by the time it was needed, but within a single sprint, they were just utterly unable to get to that hundred percent mark every time. Yeah, but maybe it didn't matter in the end, right? Because like they did deliver stuff, and the company's doing great. <laughs> you know Yeah, yeah. so it's this is such an elusive subject, I think.
0: So uh it sounds like there might be some things you could do to help your sprints be more accurate you know you mentioned uh divorcing estimates from time um focusing your stand-ups on the status of the sprint not on if you worked hard or not yesterday being real good at your mm-hmm. job <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, really any, good at my else? job no blockers <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i should definitely not be fired
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, man. I wonder how many stand-ups could be replaced with that. That's that's probably a good thing to look out for as a team lead is when people are saying that and then you get to figure out why they're saying it and what they should say instead and help them figure that out. I mean, how much of it came down... There's so many ways you could do this, right? You could, you could be very conservative in your estimates and then you will
1: yeah yeah exactly like if you commit to like one story point for our eight developers for this sprint yeah you're gonna get 100 percent every time and this team i'm talking about they didn't do that they weren't complete you know slime bags with yeah with the accounting but they also didn't estimate it was super high either so it was like some of these story point these other teams that failed to meet their commitments also delivered a high number of points but i never i never cross-referenced points because every team had a slightly different calibration so yeah. it, it was kind of apples and oranges to compare them like that
0: yeah, you don't want to get into like promoting people based on how many points their team gets done.
1: No, we'll talk about that in our next question. Teaser. Oh, that
0: is true. Foreshadowing. It sounds like you're almost saying um yes, they were good at this thing, but you don't know that it affected their productivity as, as a whole.
1: Yeah. But to to answer your specific question of I always feel bad because my teams never commit, never deliver their fully committed story points in a sprint. This team figured that out.
0: But what you also said is that's the only team. So what I should yeah. <laughs> really say is, hey, team, it doesn't matter. No one does this. So don't don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, and we actually, <laughs> so one of the teams, we changed their approach. And we said, rather than focusing on commitment, focus on velocity. And the question isn't, can you commit to and deliver all the points this sprint? The question is, how high can you push your velocity each sprint? And we changed, we completely changed that for them, and we did it as an experiment. And uh, and once again, because these things are basically impossible to measure, I don't really know what outcome it had. <laughs> 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 but the team didn't uh, feel bad about missing their commitments because they simply didn't have commitments, and instead they were just okay. like, "Let's go big! Let's deliver as many points as we can this sprint." Huh. And when I say they didn't have commitments, that's not to say that they weren't committed to meeting certain business objectives. They just didn't have sprint boundary numbers that they had to target each sprint. You know, they still had big deliverables like, hey, we have this customer who needs this by a certain date. And they had to hit those targets. But on a given sprint, it was like, hey, maximize your velocity.
0: Man, software development is so tricky because this is all looking at how you build it through the framework of Agile, but people build stuff in a lot of different ways (laughs) and and say you land on the perfect way to agile software develop i don't does that even mean that you'll build better products than people who just like yolo and sit down and type (laughs) for a whole week without
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't know well i feel better
1: awesome (laughs) (laughs) that was all we were really going for anyway
0: uh old Layabout Jameson feels better.
1: <laughs> you were right all along.
0: Yeah. Nothing matters. Just lay about, celebrate at the dump. <laughs> okay, Dave. I can tell you that we have answered this question.
1: Uh-huh. And we have.
0: Uh fully because I know deeply the mind of Layabout Jameson.
1: <laughs> should we move on to the next question? <laughs> yes, we should. Uh this one's for you to read.
0: Okay. This is from listener John. We asked we asked people how to pronounce their names, um, and John said, pronounce it biblically. <laughs> uh, so I think I'll put some echo on this. John.
1: Maybe John the Beloved. <laughs> yeah.
0: Great show. First-time listener, first-time asker, big-time fan. Do you have those foam hands, (laughs) foam fingers, and they have just our faces on them? That would would be be
1: cool. Oh, man, that would be so embarrassing.
0: That's what fans do, if I understand uh, fans correctly. You do. I am wondering how productivity would actually be measured. How can we adjudicate with measurable results between the whippersnapper who wants to use Haskell and the pragmatic tech lead? Maybe this is getting into the hard side of soft skills but talk of productivity always sounds so hand wavy are we talking self reported developer happiness surveys story point velocities dollars per developer hour is measuring such things even worth it in any case i want to hear what you have to think about the elusive p word
1: thanks thanks john the beloved yeah (laughs) Saint, saint sorry saint john i don't know which one
0: St. John the Beloved, yeah. Keep adding, every time we say John's name, we need to add more (laughs) More. superlatives to it. Great. As they do in the Bible, right? That's
1: right.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure. St.
1: John the Ethically Beloved, (laughs) awesome disciple.
0: My last job, there was, it's funny, he mentions Haskell and the Pragmatic Tech Lead because that exact debate took place. (laughs) Awesome. Should we use Haskell? The Pragmatic Tech Lead was like, should we have a company <laughs> <laughs> and uh we ended up not using haskell but okay i always wonder what would
1: it be like to actually fail <laughs> <laughs>
0: no plenty Neither. of people get stuff done with haskell um they're called academics
1: <laughs>
0: uh. I'm sorry. We've now offended dozens of people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is an interesting question. And actually, productivity did come up in this debate because um, one of the strong arguments for Haskell is you spend less time debugging because the the strong and powerful type system helps avoid a whole class of errors. And I... I believe that is the case and see it in my work and I, I use some languages that have stronger type systems to to spend less time debugging but there's not really a great measurement of that in fact uh, there's a great article, this is about static versus dynamic typing, not productivity in general. But it's a review article that looks at all these studies of productivity in static and dynamic languages, mm-hmm. and it's basically a wash. There there are an equal number of studies supporting either side and how either side will make you build better software faster that it's hard to tell one way or the other.
1: There's an equal number of fake studies that... <laughs> uh yeah not fake
0: but they're not usually the most rigorous because it's hard to measure right exactly like, this is the, what the question asker is asking um if you set up people to build something in ruby and haskell how do you figure out which one is more productive um
1: and that is the question we're trying to answer <laughs> with yeah yeah we've recursed um yeah well, should we just go back to the, qu- I, the beginning of the question? <laughs> yeah, so
0: uh, most dank St. John, the beloved. <laughs> I have not been in companies where there's an explicit measure of productivity. It's always been a gut feel, <laughs> which is bad and good for different reasons. But I, I've never seen it attempted in, in the wild um, i know it has been a lot have you ever worked somewhere that has like explicit numerical measures of productivity of some kind i mean beyond beyond sprint planning stuff yeah it's not really uh that doesn't seem quite the same though
1: none that are stated overtly yeah but sometimes managers latch on to certain metrics here and there
0: i okay i have seen them used when people feel that there's a performance problem right um then yeah. somebody will pull up source control and be like oh this person only made four commits in the past month or something like that yes
1: i've seen that but well. i haven't
0: i haven't seen them on a dashboard that's like oh uh ask chief pilot Mostink, st john the beloved closed five <laughs> tickets and and chief pilot Lily <laughs> steve only closed three so
1: i better oh man there was a game there was a company recently that will their whole company model was you pay them a monthly fee give them access to your git repository and they will generate reports for you about your people yep yeah i've seen that and i tried a demo of it just to see what they were doing and uh it was really interesting because they would identify like drops like changes like this person used to write a bunch of code and now they've suddenly stopped things you might want to look into but they also reported like I think what a simple-minded manager would would consider to be basically a top employee report. And uh, I think that the real world of software development is just so much more complicated than that 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 kind of metric just does not work. It it falls apart in really important ways, and it will actually penalize some of your most valuable engineers.
0: Yeah, because it's wholly dependent on source control, which means it's only the code, which means it misses... um, most of what we do as a job exactly uh which is which is thinking and talking and helping other people and and um it takes a lot more than just writing code
1: oh yeah i mean there are people where you see on every team who are holding the team together right like they're answering all these hard questions they're connecting the dots for people they're helping integrate stuff but they're not necessarily cranking out code and bug fixes and and their work isn't necessarily reflected in git or in your in your issue tracker um and yeah, yep. they are like the glue. And if you take away the glue, the whole thing falls apart. Right?
0: Yeah, and so there is a law called Goodhart's Law that mm-hmm. states when the measure becomes the target, it ceases to be a good measure. I think that applies a lot to developer productivity because any metric you come up with will will be gamed. If you do it as lines of code, people will write long, verbose functions just so they look more productive mm-hmm. and they might not even do it deliberately it might it, it just is a subtle influence in their behavior yes and also in fact, let me just uh, let me
1: just insert here that the corollary to that law is that just because it has become a target doesn't mean that your employees are bad for seeking that target they might think that it's what you want them to do so they're, oh, yeah. they're trying to be good employees and doing what you want by yeah. making longer function names or whatever right
0: so Yeah, if you do a number of issues closed, you suddenly get very granular issues. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and if you incentivize people like the glue person you talked about, if they are disincentivized to answer questions, then they're not going to help the team as much and they'll be doing things they're not as valuable in. Exactly. I said before we started recording that I think there's a strong case for nihilism here <laughs> where it's impossible to measure productivity and you can't do anything which is unsatisfying <laughs> cuz somehow you have to you have to know is this person doing a good job are they getting better how can i help them get better uh will this person be a good hire like judging productivity is something you kind of need to do on a team to to promote to fire to hire to just make the team work well if we haven't figured out how to do it what do you do yeah yeah i mentioned earlier it usually seems like a gut feel thing
1: it does and look i'll tell you when it comes down to measuring developer productivity the best thing you can have is someone who is super connected to the people to be reporting on that now the problem with this is it doesn't scale up so it's very hard to compare across orgs or across teams even but when you're asking someone like who are the most productive developers on your team the people closest to the action the manager or lead of that team their job is to know this information and they'll gather it from lots of data points sometimes it's sometimes it is something that could be represented as a metric like this person just gets a lot of work done but sometimes there's caveats there like but the code they produce has a lot of bugs you know yeah 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 um and so that is the true story of developer productivity. You can't put a single number on it because some it's actually a set of trade-offs. Like yep. this developer is fast at producing new features but also has low quality code that requires lots of follow-up. This other developer yeah, this <laughs> you know does the opposite. Fun. Like they produce features really slowly but they always work the first time, you know. Yeah. And, and this developer is good at getting peop- getting other developers to produce features more quickly, you know? So it's like why would you there is no, no- one number because it takes these multiple different kinds of people on a team to be successful.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking back through all the people that I work with and I feel like there are, uh, there are, there are like one or two cases where I, where I think of a person and think, yes, somehow they just were way more productive than other developers I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are pretty rare. And the rest of them that, that were talented developers are, like you said, they have very different strengths and weaknesses and complement each other in different ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's been my experience too.
0: The danger with that is, it's subject to all the biases that people are subject to. I mean, the danger with measures yeah. is they're easy to game. They influence people's behavior in ways you might not intend. But brains do that already, <laughs> <laughs> in in different ways. I, I think if you if you believe that productivity is hard to measure, and you go by what you know about people, then you owe it to yourself to work hard to make sure you're not being uh, unfairly biased.
1: So I have a little story about this because I was in a similar situation as uh, St. John the Dank. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I was right out of college, I was working at my first job and my one year anniversary was coming up and I knew that that meant it was time for performance reviews. And I wanted to know, like, how can I show my boss that I'm doing a good job and that I deserve a big, fat, juicy raise? And so I went to my boss and I said, hey, you know, didn't really mention that my end one year review is coming up, but I'm sure he realized what I was doing. (laughs) And I said, how do I demonstrate that I am contributing positively and doing a good job? You know, and I said, look, if I was in sales, I would just show you all the sales I brought in and it would be a, a, a a single number that really reflects my entire contribution and it would be easy. But as an engineer, like, I fix bugs, I participate in meetings, I do design reviews, I do, I write code, I build features. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to put a number on these things. And my manager talked to me for like an hour about this. Just talk, talk, talk. And at the end, I was like, wow, this, this is so great. He had all these good things to say. But I walked away from that meeting and I realized he has no idea. i tried to figure out what his thesis was and i realized he doesn't know he just kind of talked about all the different things and i think in the end that's how you measure productivity is it's actually a long um it's a long discussion because there's so many facets to it in engineering and trying to find one way to measure productivity is just kind of a fool's errand
0: but chief pilot most dink saint john the beloved is not a fool
1: (laughs) no he knows what's to all his titles i know yeah (laughs) PhD on the end there.
0: Yeah. If you work in an environment that has these numerical measures of productivity, I think you just kind of need to acknowledge that they exist and you might need to do some hoop jumping to look good on them, Mm -hmm. but that they are flawed and doing your job well will not necessarily make you look good on those numbers and doing good on those numbers will not necessarily make you do your job well. If you are trying to evaluate people, I think we have a lot we had a lot to say about uh, how how you look at people's worth to the team and to the business. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for good titles, we definitely had a lot oh, to say. Oh yeah, we
1: definitely we're all over that. <laughs> I think we should come up with a formula that you can use that's like super simplistic but awesome. Like it's like points. It's almost like story points, but it's like developer value points.
0: And I think it's here. It is no, I got it. It's okay. the number of mechanical keyboards you own.
1: <laughs> it's
0: it's disassociated from time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's it. <laughs> Therefore, it must be good. I guess technically not, because as you get older, probably the number trends upwards. <laughs> Unless you get into minimalism, and then maybe you only have one. I think it's no worse than many other measures of developer yeah. productivity. How about that? How about that? Okay, if you, have, if you are trying to measure developer productivity, it has to be better than the number of mechanical keyboards that they own.
1: That's the baseline.
0: That's the baseline. Yeah, that's the baseline productivity measure. And you need to beat that.
1: <laughs> it's a pretty low bar, but maybe not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it's that low.
0: I have a lot of mechanical keyboards, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty productive. That's all true. Right. You are. Have we answered the question?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Best of luck to you, uh, sir. I don't I don't want to say all the titles again. <laughs>
1: um, all
0: right. What can people do if they would like their own... Qu- Wait. Oh, no. I forgot. I was going to say this. We need to come up with a measure of productivity for ourselves in the show.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Um. I mean, we could do number of questions answered.
1: Mm-hmm. Num- it's usually two. Number of titles invented.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh. I mean, just number of times we say words. Number. <laughs> measure the number of words we say. Word count. That's hard to measure, though. Yeah. Someone has to count them.
1: Yeah. That's that sounds expensive. Duration. Okay, really drag, yeah, it's very easy to measure, which means it's a
0: very good measure of productivity. <laughs> that's right. Because it's low effort to create.
1: <laughs> Number of times you made me spew out my water because I was laughing.
0: <laughs> Number of times I edit out either of us saying, um. <laughs> Only I know that one, though.
1: Yeah. Do you actually so do I that? Can... Oh, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I do. Do I say um a lot?
0: No, oh. <laughs> you do not.
1: <laughs> oh, it's you.
0: Somebody else says um a lot. You
1: are killing our productivity <laughs> score, Jameson.
0: No, I think I was going to say that. Well, I guess that would be, yeah, it's like an inverse measure of productivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long it takes me to edit the podcast. That could be a measure.
1: <laughs> All right. I think we've got a winning a winning metric here.
0: Yes, we'll combine all those into a number, and we'll report it to
1: you next week. And the units on that number will be what? Uh, unitless. Oh, it's a dimensionless ratio.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Oh, oh, it's but the a... denominator is number of cumulative mechanical keyboards between the two of us.
0: Okay, sure, yeah. <clears throat> all right, we'll do it. Next week, we'll report. <laughs> um, what can people do if they would like their questions to be featured next week or other weeks?
1: You can go to softskills.audio and click the top right of the page where it says, ask a question, fill out the form and enter whatever information you like. You can give us your name or leave it off. You could be anonymous or give us all your credit cards and social security numbers if you want to, which doesn't matter because Equifax already gave those out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little
0: topical humor for you.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Equifax did not give out good ratings on itunes though to our (laughs) podcast so if you would like to do something they have not done please do that yes um yeah share it with your friends we like it when people listen to our show
1: i think we're done are we done i think so the metrics seem to suggest that we're finished
0: uh it just ticked over to seven (laughs) so we'll catch
1: you next week thanks bye
0: bye